This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Brian Petrie. It's Struggle City for your boy today. I'm doing the Pick'em Podcast. This weekend, UFC, Vegas, Fight Night. I don't know. It's it's Derek Lewis versus Alexio Lennox. Nice little card. I'm excited about this card. I filled it out yesterday. Went over today in case they changed my mind. I think I'm locked in. I think I'm locked in. Obviously, I go to uh, I go to Indiana on Saturday, so I could change my mind. But I mean, today's Thursday, so I could change my mind. Two two days, I could change my mind. But right now, I'm gonna lay down you the best bets. Little tired. I didn't. You know, I'm on vacation this week, as you guys know. And I didn't. I didn't nap today. Woke up early. Didn't get a nap today. Went out to uh, got a new baby on the way. Went out to bye bye baby. It's about 45 minutes away from the house. Wife wanted to look at a bunch of stuff for the new one. Did that, had a lovely lunch with the wife and kid, and uh, so I have to see my parents, and uh, yeah, and I was going to come home, we got home about like 2, it was going to take an hour nap, it's not 5.36, and uh, I did not do that, so uh, I'm going to be a little tired. Um, yeah, so this is it, uh, fight night pick them, let's see, uh, should we dive in, what do we got to talk about? Oh, I want to get you, wanted to poke a little question to you guys, I've, I've already fully admitted that I am... Uh, you know, very excited about the new UFC video game. Uh, dorkishly so, right? Um, I'm, I'm a video game guy. I love sports games, but I'm not like hardcore. I don't play Call of Duty or anything like that. But I do like video games. And uh, I have EA Access just because I've had it forever. It's five bucks a month. And apparently you get the UFC game a week early. It comes out a week from tomorrow. It comes out the 14th. Tomorrow's the 7th. And you get it a week early for 10 hours. You get to play for 10 hours. That's like what EA's thing. And my... Uh, parents my wife and kid are going to the zoo tomorrow and i told them i wasn't going to go with them because of the video game that's coming out right like you got to download it off the access or whatever like that like so my question is is that really pathetic i like to consider myself a good dad i'll do anything with my daughter but i'm like i've been to the zoo before and nothing nothing's there that's going to surprise me they're going early in the morning i easily could go come home play the game download it whatever and, and be fine but um you know, I'm prioritizing that over going to the zoo with my wife and kids. So I'm a little embarrassed by it. I literally, my wife's like, well, why don't you want to go? And I was like, um, because there's this video game coming out. And she, she, she accepted it. She's like, okay, I know you've been looking forward to that, whatever. But, uh, uh, I just feel so like guilty about it a little bit. I feel like, like, uh, I just like a worthless person. You know what I mean? I don't know. I don't know. I am excited about it. I'm going to, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know on MMA Twitter, Today, a lot of people are upset about the rankings. They put out the rankings. Amanda Nunez is number one in the game overall. The top four, they have a star rating system. The top four all have um, uh, blah, 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 UFC press. Okay. Uh, sorry, I got an email. Um, the top four are all five stars, which is the only people in the game that have five stars. Conor McGregor's ranked 20th. Just to let you know, I feel like the only one they really did dirty was Dustin Poirier. He's like up in the 40s. He's... I think maybe top 25 talent in the UFC. I think they did him a little dirty, but the top four are Amanda Nunes, John Jones, um, Khabib, and uh, Shachenko, Valentina. They're all five stars, which, I mean, who, who can argue with that? But a lot of fucking heat going online right now, so I want to say that. And also, Errol Hawani, this guy just wants to get punched in the face by Dana White. Dana White came out on Barstool's uh, Robbie Fox's podcast and said, Connor's not fighting this year. There's been reports that the UFC, well, he's also said he's retired, right? And one of the reasons he retired is because they weren't giving him fights. That's what he said. The UFC has came out and said, well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it really what, what they're doing is they're not going to let him fight without a live gate. 
because how much money he makes, right? So why don't they do it in New Zealand? Why don't they do it in Australia? Those people are having rugby games there. Uh, the UFC has proven the work in this little bubble they have. They have created a great um, ecosystem with this. You know, they're one of the first sports back. They're, they keep going. I think they're doing a great job with the COVID testing. Australia government, New Zealand government, whatever, they're going to love to have a Conor McGregor fight over there. Fill those fucking fans up, right? Load it up with Robert Whitaker's. Is he out of sign? Put Conor in the main event. I don't give a shit. You could have a card there. Um, Dana White, uh, Daryl Juani keeps pushing it. Get Conor McGregor fight. He's doing these little rants on his YouTube and his, his IG. And it's like, bro, you're going to get fucking punched in the face by Dana White. Dana White's going to end up breaking that big fucking nose here. I necessarily don't disagree with arrow but it's also hard to be like oh let's give connor a fight when he keeps saying he's fucking retired like is he in shape is he training will he take a three-round fight will he take a non-main event will he take you know maybe a little bit less of a purse because if he wants to fight during COVID in vegas with no crowd then he's not gonna he's gonna get points in the pay-per-view but he won't get the gate he won't get the merch whatever um at what point you know is there a line drawn and, and but arrow Hwani, obviously you know very close with conor mcgregor's management and everything like that he's uh i think you know Mr. Integrity, Mr. You know, all this stuff. I got to, you know, he's on the, he's on the pay. I think with the, uh, what is that? What, what is M- MGM? Whatever. The, why the fuck? Audi, Audi Atar is his manager. I don't know what, uh, Paradigm, Paragon, Paragon, huh? I don't know, but I do agree. Maybe let Conor McGregor fight, go to New Zealand, go to Australia. There's places that are having crowds right now. Um, you know, and I feel like the UFC is like, no, we have to do it in Vegas. We have to get the, you know what I mean? It, it's unfortunate for Conor if he wants to fight. I'm a little on the fence with this because Connor keeps saying he's retired and then you got Errol Hawani saying, get him a fight. And then, you know, it's, you know, he's very active on Twitter with the whole, I accept. And he did in different language. Apparently he wants the box. I don't, I don't fucking know what's going on with him. It's really hard to be his fan right now because it's like, I love them when he was just, he was the active guy and he wanted the next best guy and he wanted to fight the best in the world. Right now it's like, he's got all the money in the world. He's not looking to fight the best in the world, right? He's got his beef with Khabib. Right. And uh, other than that, he's just like he's just like hanging out and he wants to fight at 170, which I think is a horrible weight because he doesn't want to cut the weight. He doesn't want to sacrifice the weight cut. It's just it's just it's just a mess right now. I love Connor, but, you know, I, it, it's starting to get hard, boys, Start, starting to get a little hard on him. All right. Sip water there. Let's get to these fucking fights. Interesting, interesting fights. In my opinion, it was kind of, I thought when I first glanced at it, I thought it was going to be a lot easier. And then I start really getting the weeds about it. Kind of was like a little all over the place at first. And I think I buttoned it down. I think I'm seeing it. Okay. Let's go first fight. You got a uh, debuting fighter. Let's see what his fucking name is. Ali Al Kwasa. That's croissant. That's not how you spell his name. He's Ali Al Gesa. That's probably how it is. Plus 180. He's eight and three. He's fighting Erwin Rivera, who's nine and five. He's a minus 215 favorite. You probably remember Erwin Rivera. He stepped in on short notice versus Jiggy Chikatsi, and uh, which is what's too small for that weight class, and uh, just got outpointed by a, a really good striker. But he showed incredible heart, incredible tussles, pretty good cardio because he took that fight in literally like two days' notice. Um, Rivera impressed me. Doesn't have an impressive record, right? He, he trains with uh, a good camp. I think he has Ali as his manager. He is a very respected guy, um, in South Florida, I believe where he trains. A lot of people like this guy. I know his record's kind of ugly. You know, he's got that loss in the UFC, but it was up away class on a couple days notice. He's finding the newcomer Ali Al Kwasa, uh, Gesa. I don't know how to say his fucking name. Ali Al. 
is what he's going to be. Ali G, maybe. Um, this guy, he looks like the dude from Barry, right? He has he has no eyebrows. He has no body hair whatsoever. He's bald. Um, I saw the picture where he signed his contract on Twitter, and he has no eyebrows. I'm looking at him right now. He's no fucking eyebrows. He looks exactly like the uh, the guy from uh, the HBO show Barry, the the hitman, uh, the Albanian hitman. And he's from Fighting Out of Jordan. I've looked at his record. I've I've seen a little bit of tape on him. He looks like he's 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 very similar to like those those kind of guys that fight out of that that part of the country. Grappling heavy, wild strikes. They look strong. Um, the wrestling is is pretty intact, but the, you know they're heavy on top. He's got a couple submissions record uh, submissions on his record. He doesn't have the best hands in the world. He seems strong, seems durable, but he is eight and three. A lot of the, his two of his losses happened in his very first two pro fights. So he's been on a little bit of tear since then. So young in the game, Irwin Rivera. Looked really good against Shigizaki. It's a different type of fight. Rivera, um, I've looked at some a lot of his fights. He's high-paced guy. This is at 135 instead of 145. Um, so is going to get a little bit more notice here. He's a tough guy. He's got good striking, I think, for this weight class. I think w- without the reach and size advantage, I think he's going to be uh, that Jiggy had him. Excuse me. Jiggy's a world-class kickboxer. Irwin stood with him and, and took some shots. I think he's going to match up well with Ali Ah just because of the size. The size is going to be they're very similar. Irwin does have a nice little pace. He doesn't really get wrestled out that much, right? He's got good uh, wrestling defense, good athleticism. He is a little bit high here at minus 215. I don't see a lot of handicappers really liking Ali Ah. Like um, they might know him a little bit more than I do. I did my little bit of research. It's the first fight of the night. I think it's gonna be a good fight. I think if Irwin, uh, Irwin Rivera really sets a pace, really puts his hands on him, avoids some takedowns, avoids a clinch, gets his back off the cage. I think you put Ali Ah away. I think he's just a little bit better everywhere than Ali. I just think Ali can probably wear him down, get on top, and just kind of smother positions. Maybe land some ground and pound because he does seem like a pretty strong guy. I'm going to pick Irwin here. I, I think Irwin's going to piece him up on the feet, throw some good leg kicks, and then avoid the takedown and eventually just kind of take over the fight. Minus 215, should you bet it? I mean, it is a big favorite for a guy who's making his, his second fight in the UFC against a debuting fighter that not a lot of people know. He's coming from the Middle East. There's a lot of question marks around him. I mean, if, you, if you're if you gambling, man, you want to take a shot, possibly, because I do think Rivera can finish. Um, I don't know if he will, but he can finish. So if you want to do maybe like a prop bet, that wouldn't be a terrible thing, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go Rivera here. He did impress me in that loss with uh, Chikazi because he did look really good. All right, next up, Yuzis Solal. He's minus 390. He's 9-2. Finding Peter Barrett, Boston, man, I fucked that up. Peter Barrett, he's 11-3, plus 310 underdog. This surprised me because Yuzis Solal is a guy that I've rode with. I've won. I won fights with him two months ago. Um, fancy striker, has a good jumping knee. Doesn't have the biggest power in the world. I'm not. I'm not worried about his power. You got a guy that that has fought at lightweight and, and Peter Barrett is coming down to 45. Uzi Salah isn't the biggest 45 in the world, and I just don't love his overall power. He's a huge favorite, right? He's very skilled. He's he's fancy on the feet. His Jordan Griffin fight, he looked good. His cardio looked pretty good. Um, you know, he, he defends takedowns fairly well, but he can't get taken down. His submission skills are aren't world class or anything like that. Peter Barrett guy coming from Massachusetts. Fought on the Contender Series. I don't know if he got a contract or not. Like, I feel like he didn't. He won by decision over Sang Hu Yu. I don't know if he got a contract or or not. Um, I can't remember. I should have probably went back and watched that. Because the two fights that he's been offered has been Steve Garcia and Danny Henry, um, which are both UFC fighters that he he couldn't make back in April and then back in August. 
So I, I just don't know. Um, he's got a, a weird record. TJ Brown, he lost to TJ Brown, who is a uh, UFC fighter as well. He lost by triangle choke, and he's lost by armbar as well. So the ground game is obviously a little bit of an issue for Barrett. Barrett likes to stand up. I think he is getting better. I think he's going to be the bigger, tougher, stronger guy here. I think Zalaw is going to throw some fancy stuff, but he doesn't really commit to anything. Doesn't commit to strikes. He doesn't commit to his knees. He throws them, and he, and he really works footwork. Barrett's a big guy. Barrett's, uh, he's been knocked out before. He's been finished before with submissions. I just see him being kind of a little bit too big and too tough. And when you're giving me plus 310, it's fucking risky. It's very risky. But if you give me plus 310 on 11 and 3 fighter, who is going to be the bigger guy against a guy who I don't really think has proven himself all that much, even though I do think he's a little flashy and he can get the job done. I think he's very skilled, but Peter Barrett says maybe a bad matchup for him, but plus three ten, That's absurd. Are you listen, if you don't want to take my underdog advice, that's fine. Cause it is a risky bet. I'm picking Peter Barrett, by the way, underdog pick, but do me a favor. If you don't want to take, sorry, just knock, knock my mic. If you don't want to take Peter Barrett, too risky. You think Zalaw is the better fighter? That's fine. Okay, I'm 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 okay with that. But for the love of God, do not bet Uzi Salah minus three ninety. That is up. So he's almost a four to one under or favorite. Four to one. He didn't look that good against Jordan Griffin. I mean, he's not knocking people out. He's not starching guys. Crazy, crazy. And and Peter Barrett, I think is isn't a world class guy at this point in his career. But I think he's a tough, durable dude that can get the job done. I think Uzi Salah could go out there and just strike with him and move around and, and just never get touched. Or he can go out there and get fucking bulldozed a little bit. I think that's, I'm going to go Barrett here as an underdog, big underdog play, plus 310. Uh, how do, I mean, I just, I just don't know how you don't, how do you walk away from that underdog? You can't. All right. Next up, Justin James. James, James, I don't know how to pronounce the name, 16 and 4. He's a plus 138 underdog. He's fighting Gavin Tucker, 11 and 1. He is a minus 164 favorite. Gavin Tucker, the pride of Canada. What part of Canada is he, is he from? All these. Uh, Nova Scotia, Halifax, Nova Scotia. I actually don't know what part of Canada that is. I want to say the middle, but I have no idea. Um, Justin James obviously knocked out Frank Camacho's last time out not that long ago. Took that fight in regular to uh, relatively short notice. Big power in his hands. You look at his record, and um, he's got some good wins. He's, he's a tough guy to put away. I don't know if he's ever been finished. Let me double check that if he's ever been finished before. Decision, decision, and decision. And he has a loss and early on in his career. It just says loss. I don't know. Um, so he's never been finished, and he's got a lot of wins by knockout, a lot of wins by decision, a couple by submissions, but he's obviously heaven-handed. Gavin Tucker made his UFC debut. Looks good with the tattoos, right? Excuse me. He's had he's 2-1 in the UFC. Lost uh, two decision wins, um, or excuse me, a decision win, decision loss. Rick Glenn got him a decision, and then uh, rear naked choke by Su Wung Choi uh, his last time out of round three. Tucker is is kind of a, your your. Um, <clears throat> he looks good standing up. He's got some good defense. He's going to throw a little punches, but he's going to get you to the ground. I need to see more Justin Jane's, um, ground game, right? I, I don't, I looked at his record and it didn't really look like, I mean, he lost some decisions, but I think they were stand up fights. I don't really think Gavin Tucker is going to want to stand up with Justin James. I think Gavin Tucker has better cardio. Um, I haven't seen enough of James, but he does have some big power. Usually guys that rely on big power punches usually can't go three rounds and he throws, he throws hands. I feel like James is going to be very confident after the Camacho knockout. 
I don't think Gavin Tucker is going to give him an opportunity. I think Gavin Tucker is going to come out, play smart, stand up a little bit, keep his hands high, probably work for some takedowns, work some clinch, get him against the cage, and, and work this fight to the ground. This fight's going to be super close. Um, I'm going to go with Chalk. I'm going to go with Gavin Tucker. I do think he's just a little better everywhere. Justin James, again, could surprise, could come out and knock out Gavin Tucker. I just think Gavin Tucker, he's just a little bit better everywhere. I don't know. I just see this fight going his way. Um, I think it's going to be a close fight. So if you want to roll the dice and put on a plus 138, I do think there's better underdog plays on this card. Um, but yeah, I mean, I got to see more of both these guys. I think this is a really good fight. I think this is good mat- matchmaking. It's not a fight that jumps off the page to you. Um, but if both these guys move forward at 145, we're going to look back on this fight. Like, oh, remember that guy? I'm talking for a minute, You know what I mean? I think these guys could uh, potentially, this could be a, a good early fight for their careers when they move forward at 145. So I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a really good matchmaking. But for the record, I'm going to go Gavin Tucker. Minus 164. Um, I do think it's maybe closer to a pick on fight, so maybe I won't bet it. But I, I don't hate the big line on uh, on Tucker there at minus 164. It is a playable, it is a bettable fight. All right, next up, Andrew Sanchez, 11 and 5. He's a plus 146 underdog. He's fighting Wellington Terman, who is a minus 168 favorite. Uh, he's 16 and 3. Wellington Terman, um, this guy's tough as nails. I love that he's Brazilian and his name's Wellington Terman. I mean, he sounds like he should be from be should be from like Manchester, New England with the name Wellington. Maybe that's a big name in Brazil. I don't really know. Um, he's looked good in his UFC uh, so far. He's one and one split decision loss to Carl Robinson. He beat Marcus Perez, which I think he could have finished Perez. Got some good w- wins on his record. He's built really good for 185. Andrew Sanchez, this guy can't get right, right? The minute I think he's going to lose, he wins because he's got that weird style where he wrestles, trains with Faraz. He's got a f- high fight IQ. And then he comes out there against Marvin Vittori and just completely shits the bed, right? Um, well, let's determine is a tough dude. I don't know if he's really fought anybody with some really high level wrestling chops. Sanchez is an ugly matchup. You cannot look good against Sanchez. I do think Wellington Terman is a prospect at 185. He's got a good record. He's got a good look. He's well-sized. Um, not the biggest finisher yet, but I think that can come. Um, but Andrew Sanchez, again, he's got that ugly win style, but I placed a lot of money on Andrew Sanchez as an underdog against Marvin Vittori. He's a plus 200-something underdog. I was very confident. I sat here in this chair with this microphone and told you guys that Andrew Sanchez was going to win. I think he made him my lock of the night, and he embarrassed me. So I'm never going to pick him. Maybe not. Never say never, but I'm not going to pick him in this fight. I think Wellington Terman, I think he, I just think he's a better fighter. I really do. I think he's a better mixed martial artist. The only issue and the only problem I have is if Sanchez fights ugly. Obviously, that's how he's going to have to win. Pins him against the cage. He didn't really want to take Vittori down. Maybe he's going to have that same strategy with Terman, but he's going to probably want to push Terman against the cage, clinch with him, wear down, and take him down because Terman has gas a little bit in his fights. Uh, we'll see. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but yeah, I like Wellington Terman in that fight. I love the name, too. That's just such a weird Brazilian name. It's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. All right, next up, we got Nasrat Haparaz, who is 11-3. He's a minus 235 favorite. He's finally Alex Munoz, who's 6-0, only 6-0. He is a, um, excuse me, plus 194 underdog. And, well, hold on. I think I, what is it? Dags. Dags. Is that Dags? Oh, dogs. Sure. I like Dags. This is my underdog lock of the night. You're probably sitting there going, what? What? But, Brian, you picked Nasrat Haparaz to win his last fight against Drew Dober, and you were very confident. You put a video online and everything, and he didn't embarrass you at all. Yes, I did do that. Yes, yes, I did. Um, listen, the the Nasrat Haparaz is 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 a solid kid. 
Looks like mini Kelvin Gaslam. We all know that. He's got good striking. He's aggressive. He's big for 155, in my opinion. He's strong. I just I went back and looked at some of his fights and 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 they just they don't jump off the screen to me, right? And he is a big favorite. And and if I'm being honest with you, there's really not a lot of underdogs that I was really risking to put my lock on. There was one other one which we'll get to, but I just think he matches up well. Like he lost to Marcin Helm, right? Marcin Helm is a grappler. That was his UFC debut. He lost that fight. And then he beat Mark Decanese decision. Uh, to bolt Godi decision. He knocked out Silva, which was a good win for him in the second round. And then he lost yet Snoke by D, uh, um, Drew Dober, who's a beast, right? Drew Dober's great. But I feel like maybe I jumped the gun on him, picking him to win. Munoz is coming off the contender series. He beat Nick Knoll. Really sick wrestling. This kid is in shape. He didn't get the contract in the contender series, went out and fought uh, Troy Lamsom, uh, who has a very good record, very solid fighter. One beat him by a decision. And then, uh, and then now he's getting his ticket to the UFC. He was supposed to fight Luis Pena a while ago. Um, that didn't happen. So now he's fighting a tougher uh, challenger. He comes out of Alpha Male. He's a stud, stud wrestler. I believe he was the wrestling coach out of Alpha Male for a while, if I'm not mistaken. 6-0, very, very young in his MMA career. I'm not blown away by his stand-up. I like his motor. I like his cardio. With Nasrat, I know that was a while ago with the Marcin Helm fight. Um, you know, he lost that decision. Marcin is a good grappler. I just don't think he's the best wrestler. I think Munoz can give Nasrat problems here. I think he's he's obviously going to want to stay away from Nasrat's stand-up. Munoz is quick, has good kicks, decent punches, but it's nothing like, you know, we're not. I'm not going to write home about it, but he does have really good wrestling, and I think he can maybe push the pace on Nasrat, who I d- don't think has a cardio issue. At least I haven't seen a cardio issue with him. Um, but I think Munoz just has that American wrestling that can really give him problems. Uh, obviously, Nasrat knows that this this fight didn't get put together super late. I, I think they've known each other's opponent for a while. I'm gonna go Munoz though, underdog lock baby, plus one ninety four. It's a bet that I'm definitely gonna play. Um, again, I I don't know if it's because I'm my mind is still in like 2008, 2009, but I just really like Alpha Male guys, even though they haven't produced top top talent in a little bit, right? I mean. All their big guns left. Like Uriah is reti- retired, but you know he's still kind of in the mix. I know um, Cody's still there, but he had to branch out. TJ Dillashaw is not there anymore. Justin Bolkholz is in there anymore. Paige Van Zandt left. Uh, uh, Cynthia Calvillo left. And, and, you know Mendez is retired, so they don't have like all these studs. And the guys that have came out, Benavidez less. The guys that have came out haven't really been blowing me away, but I still lean on them. But Munoz, I do think, is a really good talent. I think Nick Newell kind of got a, a bad deal when he matched up with him on the contender series because I do think Munoz is a legit, legit dude. And uh, I, I see him out just out grinding ass right here. I don't think this is going to be a finish, but plus 194, we're going to roll a dice, baby. We're going to take it. We're going to roll a dice. We're going to fucking take it. All right, next up, Kevin Holland, 17 and 5. He's a minus 390 favorite. He's fighting Jaquan or Jaquin, Jaquan, Jaquin, Buckley, 10 and 2. He is a, excuse me, plus 310 underdog. This fight came together in a week. Kevin Holland was supposed to fight Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles passed out. Dana said, stay in Vegas. We'll get you a fight. Jaquin Buckley just fought. Big, beefy, strong motherfucker. Um, This is at 185. And uh, it's an interesting fight. It really is. Kevin Holland is starting to become like a fan favorite. I think he's already been a fan favorite, but definitely a Dana White favorite. A guy who wants to fight all the time. He was trying to get Ed Herman to fight uh, the same night when Giles backed out or, or fell out, excuse me. And then, uh, so he got his fight with Jaquan Buckley making his UFC debut. This kid looks like, I mean, he looks like a, a mini Alonzo Menafield. He's got huge chest, ripped up, got some good knockouts on his record, has some ugly losses too. Jackie Gosh 
is a guy that beat him in uh um I don't know who that is. Let me click on Jackie Gosh. Okay, so he's he looks he's from Israel. God damn. Uh yeah, so this guy's been knocked out a few times. But he's got he's got a knockout win over um Jackie Gosh knocked out Jaquan Buckley and he lost to Logan Storley as well. Who's a solid talent? This Logan Storley kid is a stud wrestler, and uh you're probably gonna see him. Well, he's in Bellator now, but you're probably gonna see him in the UFC one day because he is a stud wrestler. But um this kid's big, big power, big punches. He actually just knocked out Jackie Gotch. He got one of his uh, losses back. Kevin Holland, though, he's just tall, lanky, unique for this division. He's got some good kicks. I think he's going to stay away from Jaquan. I think he's used his reach. He can probably get to the fight to the ground if he wanted. I feel like he's going to want to stand up. Kevin Holland's been fighting guys like Buckley for a while that come in and throw heavy, heavy hands. Probably going to slow down. I doubt he can go three rounds with all that muscle that he has. I think Kevin Holland's going to come out. He's very confident in himself. I just, I, I, you know, with Kevin Holland, I'm worried about the grapplers. I'm not worried necessarily about the strikers. Um, I mean, this is a guy that made Tiago Santos take him down, right? Kevin Holland is tricky on the feet. He's unique. He is a huge favorite. I absolutely hate this line. I understand it. I understand the line completely. Kevin Holland got a little name, got a little buzz right now. Buckley taking this fight on short notice. Kevin Holland is... Seems to be training pretty well, coming off a nice little win. Um, so I'm going to go, uh, yeah, Holland. I'm going to go Holland minus 390. I'm not going to bet this fight. The only way I'll bet it is if it's a prop. I don't know the prop offhand. Maybe I'll tweet it out. But if there's a prop like in the pluses about finishing, I'll probably take it because I do think Kevin Holland's going to wear Buckley down and probably get a TKO finish somewhere late second, maybe early third. So uh, I like Kevin Holland in this fight, and and I think he's going to he's gonna look pretty good. He's got the weather a couple storms, but uh, he's he, he's seasoned enough and good enough on his feet. I think he can do it. All right, next up, Tim Means, 29 and 12 and 1. He's a plus 116 underdog. He's finding Laureano Stopoli, who is 9 and 2. He was a minus 136 favorite. This line surprised me. I know Tim Means got fucking embarrassed his last time out. Daniel Rodriguez fucking smoked him his last time out. But Rodriguez has, has went on to look really good in the UFC since. Starperly, same way. They're both coming off ugly losses. Starperly, um, Muslim Sokolov pieced him up. And Starperly started coming back towards the end there, but just wasn't enough. Starperly was kind of like the guy for a while. Everyone really liked this kid. I never saw a tremendous amount of talent out of him. Um, if I'm being honest with you, uh, I thought he was very average. Tim Means has had, I mean, two, three times to fight this kid has. Um, and Tim Means, I, you know, he doesn't really lose back-to-back. I like him at this weight. I like this fight for him. I think his stand-up is going to be better. I think he's hard to take down, and when he does get takedown, he's crafty off his back. Um, I think, you know, a lot of times guys bet the younger fighter, you know, Starperly can come in and, and crack Means. Maybe Means chin is going. Rodriguez fucked him up and then choked him out. I just think Means is going to come out here and I think he's going to be a little too aggressive, put his kicks together, stay at the end of his punches. I think if Starperly tries to hunt for a takedown too much, um, he can get his neck taken. Um, so I'm going to go Means as the underdog here. <clears throat> Decent underdog play. I flirt, uh, flirted. This would be my underdog uh, lock in the night. I just I think Tim Means is a little long in the tooth and he's a little little older so I didn't really I didn't commit on it too much but uh, I do like him as an underdog I will be playing this fight I don't think it's risky I think this is a smart underdog play because Starperly hasn't proven anything to anybody yet all right next up Ben Neil Darius Benny Benny Darius eighteen four and one he's minus one sixty eight favorite he's fighting Scott Holtzman hot sauce who's fourteen three plus one forty two underdog. This was going to be my uh, underdog lock of night until I decided on um, <clears throat> Munoz. So 
very risky because I think Benil Darius is very, very talented. I think he's a little chinny. I think sometimes he can get in wars. You know, he's been knocked out before. He's been rattled before. He's been hit before. Scott Holtzman has really good stand-up. Really, Chris, in the pocket, he's really, really good. Um, he doesn't have the most overwhelming power, but he can't hurt you, right? His cardio is is in middle ground. I, I want to see him get better on the cardio end. Benil Darius does have pretty good cardio. Really good on the ground. The kid's lights out on the ground. So if he takes Holtzman down, this could be a big, big problem. Um, if he gets taken to the ground, Holtzman does, and he doesn't really work back to his feet. Benil Darius could take an arm, take a neck, take whatever home. He's that slick on the ground. He goes for it. He's aggressive. I really like watching Darius fight. I think he's very interesting. However, I, I'm banking on the fact that Holtzman has fought the fucking who's who of this division. This guy has fought savages. His only losses are in the UFC. So his UFC debut, he beat Troy Christianato DeLue, whoever the fuck that is. Lost to Drew Dober, right? Lost to Josh Emmett. Um, beat Michael Bright, beat Daryl Horcher, beat Alan Patrick. Both, all three of those guys are pretty good grapplers. Obviously, not the level of, um, <clears throat> excuse me, not the level of, but Benny, but pretty good grapplers. Lost to Nick Lentz, right? Just got out, t- just got taken down, outgrounded. He did crack uh, Nick Lentz with a few things, but Nick Lentz is a, a, a just aggressive wrestler. Beat Dong Young Ma, which is probably his most impressive performance, and then uh, beat uh, Jim Miller in decision, five of the night decision. So, listen, this kid's got some pop, right? his losses aren't ugly excuse me they all happen in the ufc his losses aren't the ugliest things in the world but neil darius i think all his losses are basically a knockout right um they have a lot of common opponents sorry my throat is is no it's not covid it's not i just got allergies fuck fuck off um like i said it's risky but at plus 142 i'm gonna take the risk i think holtzman's gonna be a little crisper on his feet I think Benny has a big, big advantage on the ground. I think if he hunts for a takedown a little too much, I think he will get caught with something. He's going to have to stand up with Holtzman a little bit to maybe work it to the ground. Holtzman does get tired later on in the fights. However, I do think he's just too much, too tight on his feet. Good striking. I think he can probably outpoint Benny or maybe even finish him. Um, I don't, again, don't know the props. It's very, very risky. I know a lot of people love Darius in this fight. They think he's a little low. I can see that, but I'm rocking. Going fucking uh, underdog hunting, baby. And I'm taking Holtzman. All right, next up, Yana Kutskaya, who's 12 and 5. She's a minus 225 favorite. She's fighting Julja Storlenko. That's a fucking hell of a name. 9 3 and 1. She is a plus 188 underdog. Um, she's making a UFC debut. She did fight in a victor, Jujaka, that is. She has some losses. She was on the Ultimate Fighter, excuse me. Yeah, Penny Kazad decisioned her. She also uh, won by armbar. Um, it looks like her moves the armbar, right? She's got like four or five wins with armbar, so she wants to get the fight to the ground. The picture of her isn't a gi. I have never seen this girl fight, if I'm going to be honest with you. Yana Kukatsa, very beautiful, very pretty, right? Where's she from? She's from Russia, right? Uh, married or, or dating Tiago Santos. Um, she lost the last Aspen lad, which was a fairly good fight. You know, her UFC debut was a fucking, uh, just a savage beating by Chris Cyborg. She's fought a lot of, a lot of talented girls, Lena Landsberg, Mario Renault, both decision wins. Um, obviously she's not a finisher. She's not a killer. This is at 135 and at 145. So she's dropping weight a little bit. I like Yana in this fight. I think she's longer. I think if she can avoid the takedown, which I'm sure she's been working on, uh, she's going to piece up Storlenko. And I just hope never to have to pronounce that fucking name again. All right, let's move on. Going, uh, I'm going Yana there. Darren Stewart, 11-5. He is a minus-176 favorite. He's fighting Maki Batolo, 13-5. He is a plus-148 underdog. This fight broke my brain because Stewart's a guy that I think's really good, but he just 
there's just something about he just can't perform it right so he if you remember back uh, and during COVID, back in march february he fought bartos fabinski right supposed to be in the ufc cage warriors decided to host it because they they were still doing a fight ufc says if you can give our guys fights you know they got a great working relationship with cage Warriors, please do and Bardo, Bartos, a guy who I'm not overly impressed with, he is a very, he is a, a good fighter. But to me, I'm not overly impressed with him. I thought Darren Stewart was going to win that fight. I believe he was the favorite, and um, he lost a decision. Before that, he split decision Darren win, which again I had a lot of money on Darren win, and he lost, so that kind of hurts me. And then he decision Bevon Lewis, who I think he should have finished. Split decision loss to Edmund Shabazian. Very, very tough loss there. That was an ugly fight. And then he's got some knockouts over Burton Spicely. Uh, he's got a lot of UFC fights, a lot of UFC ex- experience here. He started his UFC career, three losses, needed some wins, you know, a couple submission losses in there. I think he's fucking talented, right? Maki Patola, though, got really good boxing, looked really good his last time out, knocked out Charles Bird, uh, ground and pound him around two. Before that, his UFC debut, though, he fought Callum Potter, who I think stinks. And he got fucking embarrassed, right? He looked really good in the contender series. Got embarrassed by Callum Potter. Potter's a huge underdog. and um, But, you know, I'm looking at Patola's thing. He's been knocked out before. He's been choked before. He's got some good wins. He's got wins kind of all over the place. This fight kind of broke my brain because a lot of guys I respect like Mackey. I've been on the side of Mackey both times. I bet against him big with Callum Potter and Charles Bird. But... I also like Darren Stewart. I think Darren Stewart's a very interesting guy. He's one of those guys at middleweight that I think gets forgotten about. He's fought some tough guys in there, but I think he's a solid, solid dude. If this stands up, I think Patolo has better boxing technique. I just think Darren Stewart's a little tougher, stronger, more powerful. Patolo has fought at 170. Now he's up at middleweight, which I love. He's not cutting the weight. He has more energy. This is breaking my brain. I'm going to go Darren Stewart, okay? I'm going to go Darren Stewart. I might change my pick. No, I won't. Darren Stewart locked in. Um, it's going to be tough for me to bet this fight. It really will because, it, to me, it's a pick em fight. I like the line next to Mackey. I just see Darren Stewart just being a little bit too big, too strong, too powerful, landing bigger shots. Mackey, though, has really good grappling – or, excuse me, has really good boxing. Um, he can mix it up better on the ground. I think Stewart, Stewart's been working on his wrestling a lot. I know he's been working on his grappling. It just – he looked so bad in his last time out back in March. I'm hoping he's going to rebound here. Um, I'm going to pick Darren Stewart, uh, even though I think he's a little bit high. All right. My main event, uh, it's the co-main event, but this is my personal main event. Chris Weidman, who is 14 and 5. He's a minus 116. Pick him. He's fighting Amari Ekamedov, who is 24 and 1. He's a minus 102. Um, no matter where you get this line at, it's it's very even. They're both in the minuses. Pick him fight. Let me take a drink of water. All right. So here's the deal. I am a Chris Weidman fan, right? I enjoy his social media. I enjoy his, um, you know, I listen, you know, you know me, I have a guy list, my guy, Chris Weidman never made it to my guy list, right? I rooted against Chris Weidman after he knocked out Anderson, the rematch. I wanted Anderson to win. Cause I didn't think Chris was that good yet. He only fought Anderson when he had like 10 fights. Then I started getting the kind of know Weidman, right? He doesn't talk shit. He used to do some blogs or video blogs, whatever you want to call them. Um, he's active on Instagram, right? He seems like a really good guy. He's from the same Went to the same high school, same town as my mom grew up in in Long Island. Um, And I just subconsciously started rooting for him, right? I just really started getting behind him. And he's been really ugly to watch. I mean, this guy needs a win, and he needs a win bad. I think he's a very talented fighter. He's fought the who's who. I feel like whoever's management team is maybe should have pulled him back a little bit. But So he lost to Luke Rockhold, lost the title, right? Looked good against Vitor, knocked uh, 
finished him in the first round. Lieto was a decision win. Obviously, the Brooklyn Landing Anderson when he won the title. Rockhold, very close fight. A lot of people thought uh, Weidman was running into that spinning wheel kick. It was. I, I have to watch the fight again, but I just remember it was very, very close. So... He fights, he fights Luke, and then almost a year, year later, right, they were supposed to fight Rock or Rockhold again. didn't happen. They give him Yoel Romero. He looked very good in the Yoel Romero fight, right? Leading up to the fight and in the fight, he looked really good. Got caught with a knee in the third round, got knocked out, knocked himself out with his own knee, blood everywhere, right? Gegard Masasi, kind of a weird fight. He went for like 400 takedowns in that first round, got every single one of them. Gegard kept working his feet, back to his feet. Chris got kneed, didn't answer the questions doctor right. They decided that it was a legal knee when they thought it was illegal. Gegard got the win. Very weird fight. Fought Kelvin Gaslam in Long Island. Impressive win, arm, round three arm triangle. Kelvin dropped him. He battled back. Jacare Souza, a fight that he was winning and then got caught, knocked out. Kind of an ugly knockout. It was a weird punch high in the head. He fell straight back. You know, I, I don't like seeing knockouts like that. And obviously, Dominic Reyes completely fucking destroyed him at 185. Omari Akhmedov is a guy who I didn't really know, which was kind of weird. I, I remember seeing him fight, and he's fought a lot in the UFC, which is so weird. He's fought... At 170, mostly. I mean, he's got fucking a lot of fights in the UFC, which is so weird that I was like, when Chris got matched up with him, I'm like, who is this guy again? He's that unmemorable. It's crazy. So, UFC debut, Tiago Portoa, whoever that is, lost to Gunnar Nelson by Guillotine Choke. I remember that fight. Then he fights Matt Nielsen. When the, all these fights must have happened. No, that fight happened on Jones uh, Cormier fight. Brian Ebersol, uh, knee injury. That was, I think, Brian Ebersol's last fight in the UFC. Um, then he got knocked out by Sergio Moraes. And then Alessa Dosenko Santos knocked him out knee both in round three. Kyle, Kyle Noak, he has a win over that. Abdul Razak Hassan, the split decision. Draw with Marvin Vittori, which is very interesting in Marvin Vittori's um, early career. Tim Boach, decision. Zach Cummings, decision. Ian Hines, decision. So this guy is, is your typical Russian fighter. He, he throws wild on the feet, likes to get to the fight to the ground. Chris Wyman, in my opinion, has sick wrestling and grappling skills. I just I don't like him thinking he's a boxer. He couldn't really get Dominic Reyes down. I think he did take him down once, but Dominic popped back up. Dominic, too big, too athletic. They didn't want to take Jacare down because Jacare is a fucking savage, right? Couldn't take Yol down. So I think he's going to wrestle with Amari, and I think he's going to look really good. Amari's been submitted. Amari's been knocked out. I think Chris can submit him. So that's why he is my lock of the night, and he's also my send him home. home. Send him home. Early. I'm putting all my eggs in the Chris Weidman basket, which is crazy. This motherfucker's back is against the wall. He's lost. He's won one fight in his last five. He's one and five in his last six. This motherfucker needs this fight. And I think it's a perfect matchup for him. Amari Ekmanov, I think, is a solid opponent, even though no one who knows who the fuck he is. I think he can't. I think he's a really good favorable matchup for Chris. Chris needs to wrestle. Chris seems to be in great shape. I've seen his pictures on Twitter or Instagram, whatever. He seems to be in really good shape. Chris needs to wrestle, take this fight to the ground, snatch up a neck because Chris is guillotine sick. I want him to get back to the old Wyman. Quit being a boxer. Quit trying to fucking throw wheel kicks. I'm going Chris Wyman. I am going to bet everything I just said. I'm going to bet Chris Wyman, and I'm going to bet him big, and I'm going to bet him this fucking finish the fight. Put my money where my mouth is, right? That's dangerous. That fucking gave me a little bit of anxiety, me saying that, because motherfucker hasn't won in a while. And uh, it was actually really hard for me to admit that I'm a Chris Wyman fan. A lot of my people that I talk to about MMA, they don't really like the guy. And, you know, they, they don't have anything bad to say about him. He's very vanilla. But for some reason, I just, you know, I just, I like him. I, I don't know what there is to it. All right. Main event, Derek Lewis, 23-7, minus 200 favorites. He's fighting Alexi Olenek, 59-13-1. That's a crazy record. Minus, or excuse me, plus 168. 
Hmm. Kind of a weird fight, right? So Olenek is coming off Doom. Looked fucking fantastic in the Doom fight. Um, looked in shape. Kind of lost that third round. Doom really turned it on in that third round. Um, but, you know, just a little too late. Derek coming off two wins. Blagoy and Laliri. Uh, didn't look great in my opinion in any of those fights. He's very he, he fights very patient. I think he actually lost the Blagoy fight, but he's very patient and he and he loads up. Both these guys have seen to be in good shape. Olenek coming in a little lighter. Olenek coming in like 220, 230, um, which is light for him for being how old he is. He's like 107. Derek Lewis, um, I'll, I'm interested to in see what he looks like at the weigh-ins because he does look pretty thin of all the, the videos I've seen of him. Uh, he looks thin. He looks like he's taking this fight seriously. Derek Lewis is is not great on the ground. Olenek has weird submissions. He cannot fucking take your head and squeeze it to wants a pop. I can see Derek Lewis getting tapped very quickly in this fight. I also can see Olenek, who's a fucking wild man, run into one of Derek Lewis's kicks. That he throws a lot of kicks. If you watch Derek Lewis fight, he throws kicks. Run one into those kicks or a big right hand. Um, Derek Lewis hits incredibly hard. Olenek has been knocked out uh, several times. I'm going to go Derek Lewis. He's a high favorite. He's a two to one favorite. He's a minus 200. I see a lot of people flirting with Olenek as the underdog. I can see that. You know, he's got a little buzz around him. He seems to be in shape, rejuvenated, all that. I'm going to go with the Black Beast. So I think Derek Lewis is going to knock out Olenek probably early in the first, second round. The longer this fight goes, the boring it's going to be. I, I hate heavyweight five round fights unless it's elite, elite talent. Uh, and hopefully one of these guys gets the fight over. Okay, that's it. I gave you all my picks. I am confident. I got a little sweaty during the Wyman breakdown because, you know, I'm putting a lot of eggs in that basket. That's what I've been kind of thinking about this whole week. Bellator is tomorrow night. Um, their only fight I really care about is Benson Hennings for Michael Chandler. I think Michael Chandler is going to win again. Benson Hennings is a really tough guy to look good against. I feel like either of these guys haven't fought in fucking forever. So hopefully those fights uh, stay intact. And that's it. That's the, that's the podcast. And I will talk to you guys next week when we recap videos for the uh, Contender Series will be up. And that is it. Yep, bye. Woo! Hey, fellas, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? Who is that guy? He's good. He's real good. The name is Dalton.